Here we are yet again for another Sales Confidence podcast. And I am always excited about our guests, but in particular, uh, Lauren Wright, who is the VP of Sales at Demodesk, is joining us today. Hey, Lauren, how are you getting on? I'm great. Great well, to be great. here. Well, that's excellent. Not only that, she's just delivered another seven-minute talk. So if you haven't seen it, you can get over to YouTube and see um, not only one, but two seven-minute talks from Lauren. So she's getting down um, and starting to nail the, the, the importance of impactful and actionable insights in a short period of time. So I know today we're going to be able to get some insights from Lauren that you'll be able to um, implement or learn from as part of this podcast. So just kicking off today, Lauren, I know you're over in Portugal. How, how long have you been over there? Yeah, so I've been here about a week. Uh, I took the, the ferry down from the UK. So I went from Portsmouth to Santander and then uh, drove the car across the border um, from Spain to Portugal. It was great. Oh, that's amazing. And, and how long are you intending to spend over there? I'm down here a few weeks, actually. I'm um, visiting a, a property that um, we're looking at and then uh, also um, maybe doing some interviewing because we actually are um, looking at making a sales hub down here, too. Oh, that is very cool. Wow. So you heard that here first, potential opportunities to work by the beach um, in Portugal. Very exciting. Um, we've also had Veronica, your CEO and co-founder on the podcast. So this will be another great opportunity to get a little bit closer to the sales organization and uh, learn about your story, but also your philosophies. Um, just to, before we go into Demo Desk, the organization, I'd love to know just a little bit more about you, Lauren. Um, first question I like to ask is, what's the first thing that you think about when you wake up in the morning? <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, well, the very first thing I think about or even like look at um, when I wake up in the morning is my daughter. Um, so I usually, so if this is caveat, if she hasn't woken me up first, um, okay. so um you know, I either look at the the little cam in her room, or um, um, or go down and see her. But she's my motivation um, to go out and do great things every day. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, I've got three children, so I know what you mean by getting woken up. Um, at Bless you. <laughs> so, so, um, from a, so you've already mentioned there, kind of a, a daughter in your life that gives you motivation. But broadly, where where does that inspiration and motivation come from to be an effective sales leader that you are in today's market? Yeah, good question. I mean, in the in the first instance, I'm motivated and inspired by the people around me um, doing great things and, and um, coming up with great ideas. And that's always been a really important thing for me in, in looking at any organization or what are the what are the people like in that organization? And um, it from top to bottom. And uh, that, you know, at Demo Desk, we have interns who are so talented and creative and eager to learn. Um, and that really gives me motivation of, you know, one, what they're, what I can learn from them. Um, and two, you know, what they can accomplish in their own lives um, through both at Demo Desk and beyond. So uh, that's one. I mean, in terms of a greater force of inspiration that has guided me and um, I was, I've always been a fan of sport, um, and there are a few sports celebrities that really have inspired me, and one of those is Serena Williams. Um, I, I love tennis. I play tennis. 
Um, and I just, I think a lot of the effort that goes into playing sport um, and being a champion both on and off the field, but also, you know, most importantly, dealing with loss um, are, are very relatable to our sales practice. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and she's a worthy champion and also a good example of the sheer dedication that is required to reach the top of your game. Um, and that's something no doubt we'll talk about as we go through this um, interview today. Your career, when did you first get a taste of sales or when was your first experience of a sales interaction maybe um, earlier on in life or your career? Yeah, yeah, good question. Um, early, um, I would say. I mean, I had, I, I always was, uh, as soon as I could work and became of working age, I started to work. But I would say the most um, sort of inspiring experience I had in sales was um, when I came home from university, I, I worked at sort of a fancy department store called Nordstrom in the US, which is kind of like John Lewis um, here in the UK. And um, yeah, I had a fair bit of student loans um, while I was in uni. So my friends might have been off to like Florida for spring break or Cabo and I I was off to work for like a two week period over the Easter break. And, um, and um, on the, I say that um, not as a sad story, but I actually loved it. I, I loved um, like as soon as the plane, you know, hit the ground, I was like, okay, I can work tomorrow morning. And off I came, I was on the sales floor. And um, there are a few things specifically about that company that, um, and it was a private company, it's publicly traded now, but it was a private company then that, really sort of made me think about sales in a different way. And one was um, they had a training that everyone did and they showed you an org chart. And on the top of the org chart, they had their customers. And then the the next down for on the chain was actually me, the salesperson on the sales floor. And then beyond that, and then it went all the way down to the CEO, John W. Nordstrom, who was on the very bottom um, of the org chart. And they just flipped it on its head and said, look, you're the most important person in this company. And it really inspired me, like, yeah, that, this is true. And um, without our customers and without you, we're a failing business. So that was one thing. Um, they also had an incredible sales process. And look, I was selling women's shoes. So uh, this is like pretty, pretty can get pretty, pretty, uh, what do you say, less glamorous than um, perhaps other departments within the, uh, the fancy uh, organization, the, the fancy department store. And so I was dealing with, uh, you know, feet um, every day, but they had, a, they had a certain philosophy, which was you always brought out what they call um, four pieces of wood, which wood was just a box of, of shoes. Even if they asked for one, you always brought four and you always had to do a certain number of hours restocking. So you really understood, you know, what was in the warehouse, what was in the back. And so you started to get creative and think about, you know, in today's world, I'm translating that to like deal structures and figuring out, okay, what does this customer really need? They came to me with the shoe, they want to try it on, but what do they really need? So going back and it kind of got you, instead of just doing your job from A to B, got you thinking about, okay, what does this customer want? What are they like? What did they, I learned from them the two seconds that I had this interaction and what am I going to bring them? And so you started asking questions about before you actually went out to get that shoe for them. And so that was like another thing that just kind of changed my thinking around sales. And then finally, um, customer experience. So a little thing about this department store is that they walk the bag around the counter. So that was just a huge difference. 
um, in a little thing that made a huge difference. Um, so now today, like anybody hands a bag over the counter to me, it just feels really awful um, because I've had this experience that felt like a relationship. Like someone was actually walking a bag around the counter after the transaction. I wasn't there, you know, um, behind the till where it felt like a trading wall. It was really the two of us working together and it was a great experience. I love that. And you've used the word experience a few times, you know, creating those moments that are clearly memorable because they've stayed with you um, to this point in your life is such an important reminder. Um, selling shoes, quite different to selling software, though. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, I have to say, like, I'm not really a shoe person after that whole experience. I just uh, I'm here. I am in Portugal. I just want a pair of flip flops and be on my way. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So you, you've had, um, you know, you've you had a rapid rise um, in um, moving from earlier in your career to, to leadership. And I just wondered about those transitions from sales management to sales VP, possibly kind of your your trajectory in your career. What do you think made you successful in those transitions and um, reaching greater heights as you succeeded and led more and more people? Yeah, um, I think there were a series of sort of mindset changes over the course of my career that um, helped me sort of reframe my thinking about my career. And, um, you know, I think this first stage of my career was like survival. Um, it was just like early career. I had come out of university with student loans. I, I felt like I was living, you know, paycheck to paycheck and it was about making money and paying the bills. And that was what a job meant to me. It was like, how do I survive? And I, I actually like remember bringing a sandwich bag full of coins into a bank and like feeling like I won the lottery when it spit out $75. It was like, oh my God, I lived in New York. It was like high rent. You know, I just, so I worked hard and I paid off my loans. I remember my first bonus. It paid off my loans and and learned um, a lot about financial responsibility and managing stress. And so that period of time, I became very stressed about my own fi finances and making sure I could pay the bills. And and I discovered that you know you you didn't really need to have a load of money to have a good time and, a, and be happy. And so like little things that I changes I made in my own sort of personal life, like I quit a gym and joined a running club, like all you need are a pair of, of uh, you know, running shoes and, and off you go. And I met a, a social group through that and um, that, that really kind of gave me energy and, and thrived. So I think, you know, that just kind of changed my lens on what's important in life and, um, and helped me learn a lot about financial responsibility and how to manage that and manage the stress in my life that was coming from it. Amazing. Um, yeah. So that was like stage one. Um, and, and I'll speed it up here. But like stage two is really finding purpose with work. Um, so and that's really where I found Glassdoor. And um, that was my previous role to, to Demo Desk. And it was kind of after this grind of being in fin the financial world and actually after the financial crisis, um, during which I lost my my job actually um, to the financial crisis, and it was a it's a it was a really kind of um, uh, you know pinnacle point in my career where I really wanted to get behind something that I believed in, 
And I believed, I, I found this little website sort of um, serendipitously. And um, it, to me, it just, I loved the concept of, of workplace transparency and you know, being able to work somewhere where you actually you know, loved your job and it motivated you every day. So that was you know, one area where <laughs> I joined a company and I was interviewing at you know, pretty established, you know, um, shiny uh, financial institutions like Guggenheim. And then the next day, all of a sudden, I, my family and my friends were thinking, like, are you joining a company that makes glass doors? I'm really confused. And I was like, no, no, this is an amazing website. And so um, everyone thought I was a bit crazy, but it was really, you know, a, a decision that I, I, I felt in my gut that it was the right decision for me, and I went for it. Um, and it totally changed my, my, uh, my career trajectory. And, um, and through that role, I, I also started as a sales rep and then, um, you know, had, and I was there very early. And so I was able to, you know, impact a lot of things from our sales motion to how we um, positioned the product, um, what we went through a period where we started doing a freemium model. And then we started, you know, really um, refining our enterprise sales motion. And eventually I moved over to Europe and led our international um, and started in our international sales teams in, in London. And, um, you know, had a huge sort of startup within a startup experience um, in, in Europe. I'm, love, I'm loving listening to the journey because even though we've had quite a number of interactions, um, you know, you're sharing some anecdotes that I hadn't heard before. And I think this is a great, you're a great example for people to listen into, to get in early into an organization. And that would probably um, highlight nicely why you've then joined a, a, an organization like Demodesk. Um, at its early stages again, um, and maybe we could learn a bit more about Demodesk for the for the listeners that have never heard of Demodesk. I mean, what what did Demodesk do? What what is the proposition? What's the value prop for Demodesk in the market? Yeah, yeah. Um, so very simply, we empower every rep to become a top performer, and we do that by guiding. Uh, sellers in real time, so real time sales enab enablement, automating all of the admin and non selling tasks that eat up your day, um, and engaging customers in in the meeting um, and analyzing insights um, at scale um, and coaching at scale. So that um, is is demo desk, and if you look what it, what it is, it's a customer meeting platform. So um, it's made for customer meetings and customer interactions. So I know there's already a lot of people joining. We already have heard that you are potentially opening up a spot in Portugal. For those people listening that are like, oh, you know, this could be a place for me to work. Um, and maybe they've already checked your Glassdoor score, but they're now listening to the podcast. What's the fundamental DNA of, of Demodesk that attracted you there and that makes it a special place to work? Yeah, I mean, I think I alluded to this earlier that people um, people inspire me, and so that's a really important um, element of where I choose to work is what the people are like. And um, you know, if I were to narrow it down to three things at Demodesk, when I think about the DNA of people, um, one would be growth, um, one would be ownership, and one would be team. And those three words, um, I think, really embody everyone um, at DemoDesk. And they're actually some of our values. Um, we, we have more values than that. And I think they're all sort of intertwined in some way. But um, 
I, I think that if you're going to describe a demo desker <laughs> today, um, then it, there's some sort, there's a sense of unqualified ownership across the team. And I found, um, you know, I found out the hard way in some cases that that is such an important trait that um, when something falls through the cracks and inevitably, you know, on a roller coaster ride of a startup every, you know, every week, there's something that, you know, goes, doesn't go the right way or differently than you think. And you have to figure out a solution together. And if you start kind of saying like, oh, that's your territory or that's my territory or what, what have you, then um, it, it just doesn't work very well. So everyone plays their parts and has a sense of like, I own this together with you. Um, and that really, you know, moves the ball forward. And then on the growth side, um, there's sort of an insatiable thirst within the organization for um, learning and being curious and figuring out, you know, across um, all levels from the CEO all the way, you know, to interns that, that outputs um, of that sort of like thirst for growth um, will make, you know, it amazing place to work every day because we see that progress, which, um, you know, as I mentioned before, like really inspires me is like just um, moving the ball forward. And then finally, um, we have a lot of people from a, a ton of different backgrounds. So like just thinking about our revenue team, we've got people from all over the map. I mean, China, India, grew up in Finland, Colombia. I mean, that's, those are just some of the people that make up our, our, you know, at this point, a pretty small sales team, but we have a, a really, you know, wide um, range of backgrounds. And I think that really enriches the team to have such diversity and of perspective and interesting stories to share. I love that. Um, Demodesk is really bringing out and pushing the brand and pushing the the, the, the technology um, experience for sales reps. You know, it's 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 teaching us that we shouldn't accept as sales reps and sales leaders a poor experience in our day to day. Um, I just wonder what's the ambition for Demodesk? Maybe not just in the UK and Europe, but globally. What what type of um, sales organization or what type of business do you hope to build over the coming years, Lauren? Yeah, I mean, that's very much aligned to our mission, um, which is to help everyone everywhere have great customer conversations. So um, what does that mean for sales teams? Um, it means that reps um, and sales teams and, and um, sales reps, that they ramp faster um, in their organization that um, they're they're increasing their sales velocity um, to, by by having the support they need at their fingertips in the meeting by saving time um, by eliminating all that that admin work that once sort of haunted us in our everyday and sort of can be um, I mentioned this in our uh, in a talk your seven minute talk recently but it can be like very demoralizing when you have just so much um, admin to do and you're, you get your motivation by doing uh, customer-facing meetings. But on a more emotional level, um, I think you know, what that means for, for the people that we're helping, which are sales reps, um, every day be better at their roles. Um, it, it means doing that despite the circumstances that might be happening in their lives. Like maybe they're coming back from maternity leave and a lot's happened in a fast-growing sales organization. So they almost have to... I mean, I've done this myself, right? So I've come back from um, maternity leave myself, and so much happened over the period that I was I was not in the in the organization. That ramping back up was also quite difficult. And um, you know, at the rep level, 
you're, you might have a whole new, um, you know, first meeting deck or um, a, you've, the brand is repositioned or how you, there's a new product. So, you know, demo desk can help with that um, despite the circumstances in your life and let you live your life and also be really good at your, at your role. Thank you for sharing. Um, so clearly, um, if anyone's listening right now, there's a huge opportunity to get involved with Demo Desk. Um, so make sure you head over to the website and check it out. Um, just more about sales and a bit more of your personal interests um, around where you see the future of sales. Before I before I ask that, though, I like to ask because it's a takeaway that people like to get into. Is there is there a book or um, something that you've read that or you've read recently that um has had an impact on your career mm. yeah i mean <laughs> there there's so many sales books right that are so good um and there i think there's so many sales books that are so good to reread like i reread a lot of um maybe like a chapter or two of just um some of the great you know challenger sale or um i mean spin selling is another one there's so many good um kind of sales acumen um, books to help you, like remind you um, to do the fundamentals. Um, but one of the books that I think really was, I took away with um, a lot of change for for me as a leader was um, at a pre it last or in previous role, we, a lot of the leadership team read um, Good to Great by Jim Collins. Yeah. And there are just so many gems to glean from that book. Um, and it really helped me um, at times when I was um, you know, struggling in the role a little bit, look in the mirror um, and take ownership of a mess I was in um, and, and think about things through different paradigms. Um, and so the, but I think the premise of the book um, is a really important one for us in sales, um, looking at companies that are good and those that are great. And I think that is so important for those of us that out there selling a solution every day and motivating buyers to go from good to great. And like some of the worst things we can always hear and some of the best things you can hear in discovery are the words of everything is good. Yeah, everything is good. You Don't need to change anything. I agree. I agree. <laughs> it's a great book, great read. And it just alludes to me that thinking around what in your mind or your eyes makes a great salesperson? You know, what do you look for from an attributes perspective, either joining um, a demo desk or just what you believe makes a great salesperson in the market? Yeah, um, I've, I've actually had the pleasure of working with a lot of sales reps from like what I would call like unorthodox backgrounds, like meaning that they didn't just um, you know work at some of the big names in sales or at SaaS. Um, that, you know, came and um, had the right sort of ineffable characteristics that make a great sales rep. And what I mean by that is just there, there's a hunger, um, a hunger to learn, a hunger to listen, a curiosity, um, a motivation, and um, an incredible perseverance. Um, I hate to use the word grit because it's so sort of trendy, but it's true. The, the grit is so important to be able to have the resilience um, to press ahead um, and, and really focus on, um, on outcomes and the things that matter. So um, that, I think, you know, in, in encompassing all that is coachability. And so that is what, you know, I've seen, no matter what your background is, 
that makes you um, it has the the recipe for a great sales rep. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, one of the things I've enjoyed learning about you is that you you know you've been very open and honest about challenges that you've overcome uh, on your in your career and on your journey, um, and that you know talks to what we care about at sales confidence we we care about authenticity um we care about honesty and we care to help help others unlock their confidence um and so i'd love to understand around confidence you know where, where do you find your confidence to persevere uh, and achieve where does where does that come from um in the way that you approach things yeah um you know, I think like one thing is, um, I don't know, there's a lot of moments that I've gone through, you know, self-doubt or hard times and you, you've you got to, you know, figure out a way to find, you know, to, to sort of um, take that little voice in your head that's saying like, you can't do it or you're, this isn't where you're supposed to be or what are you doing in this role um, and I think it's very human to have that voice. And I, I think everybody has it in some way, shape or form. Sometimes it manifests um, more than others, especially if you're going through hard times. And in sometimes that happens in your personal and professional life when it's all coming together. And I think you've got to look at results um, and outcomes and find resolve. So like what it, it, like how have I progressed? How have things moved forward? Look at outcomes and and look for feedback from from others and don't dwell on the past um i also think there's a an element of kind of being real with yourself about um okay you know i'm not doing everything right and that's okay i'm not supposed to have all the answers and i need to go out and find the answers um from people around me or from my leaders or from um you know the people that um that work with me or are in my org and we can we can do them together so i, I think it, it, especially at the leadership level it's easy to feel alone mm, yeah is there a particular hardship that you've overcome where you know on reflection what you were able to do to overcome it, put you in a stronger position um, as you kind of evolved your career or came back? Yeah, I mean, I think there are I have two stories I can share. Um, one is a sales rep um, when I had a leader that just really didn't believe in me. Um, and I think <laughs> I, I, I don't mean to raise this as like the leader didn't believe in me and was wrong. It was probably because I was also being a bit difficult um, and uh, was, was very, um, you know, maybe prickly um, about a situation. And I was kind of, um, you know, it, on the other side of being super motivated and, and wanting to win is um, you can, you know, win at all costs. So I think, um, you know, I had a, had a tough time and, and that, that leader kind of put me into sort of a pigeonhole and um, on a team that was sort of lower than my uh, you know, abilities at the time. And I felt like, wow, I'm getting pushed out. And instead of sort of moping around, which I'd say I probably did for um, about you know a day or so, I, I went out and was like, all right, I'm gonna prove this guy wrong. And I went out and then like worked, I came in earlier than everyone else. I, I just like really found a way to kind of overcome this and ended up selling like the biggest deal in the company uh, that the company had ever uh, um, 
had ever seen and at the time and I don't mean like my own glory here but um I, I think it was like a really important lesson for me of like okay um move forward and and find a way um find a way to win and um for me it was just I wanted the at the end of the day, the, the, I went into the guy's office to get a counter signature on the deal. He was totally shocked because I had like completely sandbagged my commit, of course, um, which is not a best practice. Uh, but uh, he he was just like over the moon. And it turned out it's not that he didn't believe in me. Um, it's just that I wasn't acting in a, in a way that he could believe in me. And um, he asked me what I wanted, like anything I could have. And all I wanted to do was go to a conference with the rest of the sales team. That's all I wanted to do was belong. Um, so and that's what I got. I got to go to like a silly conference with everybody else on the sales team because I asked for it. So that was one thing um, that was sort of changing for me. Um, and then in, in on the leadership side, um, I think there was a point at which I was running so hard and, and running teams so hard um, when we were growing in Europe that um, it, I, was, I, I realized that my, the impact of my actions were different than the intent. And I had team members that felt like, um, you know, I wasn't being a good leader to them. And that was really hard for me. And I had to, you know, kind of really look in the mirror and think about, okay, how do, how do I be a better leader to my people and really listen to them and take feedback? And that has changed me. Um, and thankfully for the feedback that they gave me, changed me as a leader. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing and being so open. Um, fantastic stories and uh, examples of um, just how you can reflect and reframe an experience to motivate you to to move forward, so um, that's excellent, and and that's nice for us. To, we, we're coming to the end of the interview now, and um, you know others will be wondering how they can develop their own confidence um, from some of their examples. Do you have any tips or approaches that you recommend to your team members on how they can think about developing their confidence? Yeah, I mean, I think um, one is. Being curious, um, you've really got to um, go out and be really curious about, um, you know, other practices and other ways of doing things um, besides your own. And um, when things aren't working, um, kind of taking, knowing when to sort of take a step back and say, okay, I, I need to just like hit the restart button. Um, and I think, you know, with the, the funny thing about confidence is that it actually, um, it comes from from letting your guard down um, a little bit and being sort of authentic and real. And so, if you can find that authenticity in and um, be be very open um, to feedback, then I think you'll you'll find that you'll end up getting the things you need to grow your own confidence. Brilliant. We uh, we care about the well being of our minds and the physical well being. Um, because I feel like you can't perform unless you're well. Just how, how do you look after yourself? Obviously, you've got a little one running, well, almost not quite running around, I don't think. But, you know, you've got um, activities. She's running. But she is. <laughs> uh, so um, how, how, are you, how are you staying well and how do you look after yourself um, from a mindset and a, uh, a well-being perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think um... – I, the other role that I have is I'm, I'm a mom and I'm a, I'm a partner to it, you know, my, my partner. And so I think there's, 
there's other rules in your life and you have to make sure that you're blocking time for them. And there are certainly times where I, there are weeks that I feel like I haven't. Um, and I need to just like block time in my calendar at the end of the day to be with my family and know when it's time to shut off and also be honest with them when, Hey, I have a really crazy week and I'm going to be working late on these days um, and making sure I can get, let them know and let them be prepared. Um, so that means, um, also that I, I can share with my workplace that um, those are my values and that I'm not going to be on all of the time and share with my team that I'm not going to be on all of the time. And um, I, I think it's important to share your own personal values with your team and where, you know, there are um, uh, places that you, you, you just um, need to stop. And then, um, you know, other things that are just a little bit more um, every day is just exercise and um, I play tennis. And obviously that was taken away from us, at least if you lived in the UK um, during lockdown. So, you know, finding other ways to even like go downstairs sometimes and do 20 jumping jacks. I'm not kidding. Um, just like needs to like help you like get circulation in your body. Um, just it, like, I definitely did that and I felt like a complete fool, but um, it just helped. Um, and then a little bit of self-awareness um, also comes into play when you just are kind of staring into your machine for so long that you have to just remember to step away and, and give yourself a reset. Yeah, no, that's absolutely brilliant. Like, I just had an image now of you jumping up and down and doing <laughs> your, your star jumps. It's fantastic. I definitely will not put that on film ever. <laughs> yeah. So um, this, has been, this has been enlightening. I really enjoyed chatting to you, Lauren. You've got fantastic energy and you are very open um, with what you're willing to share. Is there any final um, thoughts that you have that you would like to share before we wrap up today's conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think I, I alluded to it a little bit earlier, but I think there's so much importance in kind of letting your guard down and being vulnerable and being coachable um, and finding ways to learn from your peers. Um, I, I was recently on a, a chat with a lot of uh, other sales leaders talking about, you know, okay, how do we how do we create peer learning in our um, in our own sales organizations? Because it's such an important thing. And um, look, none of us like if I listen back to this podcast is probably you know no, wouldn't be my favorite thing to do because we none of us like to listen to ourselves talk. Um, if you do, like that's a little weird. But um, that I think being like getting into the uncomfortable zone um, as much as you can will help you grow. So um, find ways every week to get uncomfortable and you will grow and you will gain confidence. Excellent. Lauren, um, that's a wonderful way to end. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Sales Confidence Podcast. Um, we will be talking again, lots more times and opportunities people can listen and hear from Lauren and Demo Desk. Um, and uh, uh, enjoy, enjoy the time that you've got in Portugal with the family. It looks like and sounds like you're having fun. Thanks, James. Brilliant, as always. It was lots of fun. Really enjoyed it. <laughs>